Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Gareth Hall with you on this Monday morning. It's time to get stuck into the Monday breakdown. And this was the highlight for mine, for mine on Saturday. And wasn't it some performance by the Melbourne Cup champ? Swin blows, romantic warrior, and here's Gold Trip, the Melbourne Cup winner, storming down the outside at the 200. Gold Trip runs on by, two legs, three legs. West Wind blows and Sulcum, but it's all Gold Trip. Gold Trip has bolted in the Turnbull. West Wind blows second, Sulcum third. 0499 736 736 to join our conversation on this Monday morning for Giddy Up's Monday Breakdown. Let's welcome in the team, Dean Watling from DeanWatling.com. G'day, Dino. Morning, Gareth. Morning, Mickey Gannon. Mickey Gannon, good morning. Morning, G. Morning, Dino. That was the Turnbull Stakes, and that was some performance there by Gold Trip. There was a little bit of give in the ground, but he won like an absolute superstar. And it's hard to believe as a seven-year-old, that was only his third victory. He's won some nice races over his time, but that was his second victory there at Flemington, of course, after winning our greatest race, the Melbourne Cup there last year. This is what Kira Ma had to say about his superstar galloper after that victory. Well, that, um, that really hits you going, doesn't it? Uh, geez, he, he, he put the riding on the wall with his run at the valley, and you just look at him in the yard. He, he looks amazing. The team have done an unbelievable job. So in some respects, Kieran, the aborted spring of 2021 when he got here and wasn't allowed to run in a Cox Plate, in some respects, been a blessing? Well, I'd say he'd probably have another cost plate on the table, so I don't think so. So that's Kieran Ma there. <laughs> um, <laughs> having a chat to, to, to Nigel Carmody after that victory in the Turnbull Stakes. I'll start off with you, Mickey Gannon. Like, they don't win like that, do they? That was so impressive. And when you have a look at the opposition that he belted there, how how doesn't he win at his next start, wherever, wherever he goes, if it's a Caulfield Cup or a Cox Plate? It was visually impressive, G. It was really, really, really impressive. It was a huge win uh, coming from where he did and did it with ease. 58 kilos, super stuff. Uh, how does he not win wherever he goes? Well, might, it may be the Valley, maybe a Cox Plate, and it may be a race shape that doesn't suit, but you'd have to be a few negatives against him um, race shape-wise for him not to win, mate. I guess that the question, if I'm answering my own question, is that if <laughs> – if there is no rain around, he do, he definitely races better, Dina, when there's some give in the ground. And we had a soft track there at Flemington on Saturday. If we get a rock hard track like they witnessed there at Rose Hill on Saturday, I think he might be in trouble. And listening to the camp, I think it'll be track dependable on whether he goes to a Caulfield Cup or a Cox Plate at his next start, Dino. Yeah, you make a really good point. Um, I don't think he needs it really soft or really wet. I think he just needs to slight cut out of the ground. Looking at sort of the track speed on the weekend, the, the Ray, the track sort of raced like a 4.5 or 5. So he's just needed that little bit of toe in the ground. And we know he's got his feet issues. So that what that's what helps him, obviously, um, that little bit of sting out of the track. But he was visually exceptional. I think we're going to understand why he was so good. And I think the main reason for that, boys, was the strong tempo to the 600-meter mark. They're going to be on 12 lengths faster than the average to the 600-meter mark, and his superior stayingness has come to the fore late. 
looked like he had a, a brilliant turn of foot, which he did. But at the same time, I think reviewing the data this morning, um, the horses out in front sort of hitting their peak and sort of fading a touch late, maybe looked like he was going a lot better than he was, but still visually and his turn of foot was outstanding. And I think a big um, congratulations to the, the Maranusas team to get a Melbourne Cup winner back in that form. Um, they're in rare air. A lot of Melbourne Cup winners go by the wayside. No one really gets them back. They sort of fall off of the radar. But to get Gold Trip back to win a Group 1 Turnbull Stakes in that fashion, um, exceptional for the stable to do that. And as I mentioned from the top, Mickey Gunn, he's such a unique horse, Gold Trip. He obviously had that setback when he arrived in this country and he had to miss a Cox Plate, as Kiramar pointed out in that interview after the race on racing.com. And then he was a, a horse that carried top weight in a Melbourne Cup, and he only had one one race. He was unlucky Incredible. not to win a Caulfield Cup last year. And then he wins the Melbourne Cup like like a superstar. He was fourth in an Arc de Triomphe, which is the greatest weight for age race in the world, well, especially in Europe. So he's always had the credentials, and he's had his injury concerns over the years, but there's no doubt his talent, and, he's, and he showed that from the first time he stepped out onto a racetrack in Europe. Um, but to see what he did there the other day was it was extraordinary. And now they have to make the decision with him. He's at $6.50 now with bet 365 for a Cox Plate. Now, Amelia's jewel, I still think she's unlikely to head to a Cox Plate. And she, I know my mind keeps on changing, but I, I'm, I think if you <laughs> ask the team at the moment, Amelia's jewel, it'd be favourite she'd be heading towards the Golden Eagle. Romantic Warrior, we'll discuss him in just a moment. Gold Trip, 650. Mr. Brightside heads to the King Charles, 650. And then you've got the three-year-olds, Militarise, and the Northern Hemisphere three-year-old, Victoria Road, and Alligator Blood at $15. I'll get your opinion on that Cox Plate market in just a moment, but let's hear from Danny Shum, the trainer of Romantic Warrior, after he finished fourth, first up in that Turnbull Stakes on Saturday. Mm, James say, don't be panicked. The horse a bit bro. He spoke quite hard actually, and he's tired at the last hundred meters. He didn't didn't give him a hard time. He said exactly just exactly what we say. It's not hundred percent fit yet, but this way we'll bring it up on the spot on the co- or spot on on the cost plate. Yes. Cox plate still the yeah. target. You'll think it, you'll have him where he needs to be by the date of the race. Yes, we all, I always. Uh, put the target on the cosplay so we lit up a little race for him to, to see the, the judgment how he can handle the, the left turn how he can handle the, the, the uh, Australia Melbourne's weather yeah and you happy that he's done all that for you today I cannot say happy but a lot disappointed yeah Thank- so Danny Shum I love his passion I could listen to Danny Shum talk all day especially about his horses and especially about romantic warriors so he he's not happy but he's not disappointed that horse will benefit enormously you would imagine from that first up run and we all know that he's hasn't had the perfect lead up to that race in the Turnbull Stakes but now he's got three weeks Danny Shum to get him spot on he's got his own food back he's eating his tucker he'll be a lot fitter for that run but the question mark is he's now the second favorite for a Cox Plate Dino can he turn the tables on a on a horse like uh Gold Trip I know he'll be better off at the weights there come the Cox Plate, back to wait for H. Um, but he'll need to improve a couple of lengths. Yeah, he definitely need to improve. I think uh, breaking down the race is very, very important. I think reviewing the Turnbull Stakes is going to be key to a lot of these horses moving forward and figuring out 
um, why they finished where they did. And I think the last thing Romantic Warrior wanted after 132 days off the scene was a strongly run 2,000-metre race to the 600-metre mark, which it was. He was giving away race fitness to your gold trips, your Osipenkos, um, your Sulcums. So he's out of his comfort zone. To break it down even more, that sort of mid-race move of West Wind blows and um, Osipenko fired him up. So he wanted to do a little bit wrong in the mid-race and he's sort of just been flat late. But the thing is, punters, that we've got to break down in races and it's so important. On paper, he could have looked like a great horse and he's got great credentials. His ratings are superb, but races are run on grass, not paper. You've got to figure out, and most of the story is figuring out which horses are there to win, which horses are there to tick the legs over from targets to come. And listening to the trainer post-race there, they weren't there to win that race um, at all costs. They, they sort of wanted to run in there and get him ready for the grand final. So I thought he's gone great on review. I think he's got a length or two or three up his sleeve and he'll come on leaps and bounds off that run. And the setup for the race um, wasn't there for him to win the race. Mm-hmm. But in saying that, if you backed him, the biggest thing moving forward with Gano is you're going to get a price in a Cox plate now and he's going to be much more suited and ready to win that race. So I think as a punter, if you've liked him on Saturday, don't drop off him. You're going to get a better price now and for a better setup come race day in the Cox Plate. Spot on, Dino. Uh, <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. I think Cox Plate is the time that you want to back this horse. Uh, it was pretty good ride. Pretty And full credit to you, G. You got to be about spot on. Pretty good ride from J-Mac because he came across and, and lobbed in a really good position. But I think the horse improves. Danny is Danny Schumann is super impressive. I think he summed it up perfectly. They learn a lot. They've got the horse going left. They, they take a lot out of this. Um, and three weeks to a Cox Plate, the horse will improve significantly. How much? Well, it'll be at least a length. It could be more. Yeah, I just... I love it. Like just watching Romantic Warrior there on Saturday and the build up in the whirlpool to see what he was backed into, like a dollar fifty. Is it like a dollar fifty? Yeah. And if you shop there incredible. with Gold Trip on the tote, you get thirty to one. So I think what he's this is what international racing's all about for mine. And I'll talk to about this with the the means test team and Johnny Hawks and uh, Wayne Hawks and Johnny O'Neill. Is that like and the narrative set up now, um, with this horse heading towards a, a Cox Plate, I think Cam Luke mentioned this on SCN on, on the afternoon trackside show, is that the best result for the Cox Plate was a horse like a, a romantic worry getting beat. Because yep. you, you, even you saw J-Mac, like after the race, just little things, he gets interviewed there by the team at racing.com. Um, I think it was Katie Watts. And the disappointment in his in his face. And he just like, oh, he didn't really want to talk to to. Um, what's he? Because he's just like, I got beat here. And this is the horse that I think can win the Cox Plate. And he's going to have his knockers now. And it's like, the, you could see the determination in his face. So I'll, I'll see you in three weeks' time. And Danny's shooting yeah. the same. So the narrative now building up to this Cox Plate, can this Hong Kong champ bounce back? Um, will be a great narrative. And whoever meets him, and it'll be the, there'll be a couple of three year olds, I've got no doubt, that will join him in a, in a Cox Plate. And then you've got Victoria Road and the like. So, it would be great to have Amelia's jewel there, but I don't know if she'll get there or not. Um, but so, gee, it's, it's hard enough to travel a horse three hours down the road, yeah. let alone, you know, mm. eight, eight, eight odd hours, change of scenery. The horse will improve significantly. Yeah. And you've got to make just simply because yeah. of that, that, that one run. And you've got to take into consideration too that he doesn't, when he's in Hong Kong, he doesn't, he leaves his box and goes to the races, which is just across the yep. road. So he, he never gets on a truck to, to go to the races, first of all. So it was just a, a new experience for him. And as James pointed out, he got really keen too mid-race when they were going quick. So 
There were excuses, but um, yeah, bring on this Cox Plate. From the beaten brigade, brigade, brigade outside of uh, Romantic Warrior, <laughs> um, West Wind Blows finished second and Solcombe third. Both horses look like they're heading towards a Caulfield Cup. Just having a look at the market there with Bet365 for the Caulfield Cup. You've got Solcombe at $6, West Wind Blows $6, Without a Fight $6, The Japanese Galloper Break Up at 9 and then Francesca Guardi at $11. Gold Trip at 15 If they tell us that he's going to a Caulfield Cup, like he'll, he'll, start a, yeah, he? he'll start a lot shorter than that. He'll, he'll carry top weight, but the Caulfield Cup has proven over the years that you can carry. It's like it's a better race for top weights than, than the Melbourne Cup is. Yeah. Um, first Immortal at $17 and then Montefilia at $17. Before we have a chat about that Caulfield Cup market, we might play the the Hill Stakes and listen to Monophilia getting the job done. Uh, she's done it to us here. Like, I was all over a second, third up, and then she wins like Maccabi Diva here on Saturday. Monophilia still five lengths away, slicing into the clear. Huyamal at the furlong, a length in front of Zarek. Monophilia's hitting the line well, protagonist the rail. Huyamal, a length in front. They're swooping. Huyamal being gobbled up by Monophilia. Monophilia over the top. Run past uh, Huyamal. So that was a hill stakes worth. It's a group two worth $2 million. So that's why Chris Swallow's a genius in a way. He would have targeted this race thinking, well, what race can I win for the connections? Mr. Zhang and Yulong. Um that will be the best for her regarding how much prize money, the, the maximum prize money that I think she can win this carnival. And the, the Hill Stake stands out $2 million at group two. And he nailed it. Nash rode for dear life and she showed a terrific turn of foot off a different tempo that she's been seeing. And she defeats who you mail. So that Caulfield cup market, Montefilia at 17, who you mail at $26. And then the horses we just had a chat about regarding those runs out of the Turnbull and Solcombe at six, West Wind Blows at $6 and Francesca Guardi at $11 and Gold Trip at 15 Is there any value there for you, lads, after what you saw on the weekend? We'll start with you, Dino, then Mick. Yeah, I think West Wind Blows, I don't know if there's value in the price, but he was enormous. If we review that Turnbull stakes, the way that he sort of absorbed all that pressure up on speed, giving away fitness and then stuck on to the end. I think he's got leaps and bounds to come up to 2,400 metres will suit him down to the ground. I want to be against Montefilia moving forward. I thought 1,900 metres, they've gone really, really slow to the 600 metres. So it's pretty much a sit and sprint affair there. I just think that screams that she doesn't get a strong 2,400 metres moving forward. And I think that's what we've seen in the last couple of races when they've been sort of fastly run to the 600 metre mark. So I'd be against her. Um, the one that I thought would probably be a, a good price here was first immortal. It was absolutely enormous. Three wide the trip there at Flemington on the weekend. And the it's absolutely is, zoomed yeah. home. It was phenomenal, yeah, in the Bart Cummings. So um, probably this far out, I think the top couple, Gareth, were probably well enough found that marker. First of all, it's probably the one that's a little bit too big and you could probably have a spec there. Mick? Oh, yeah, not far off, Dan. Um, I agree with your sentiment there. Although what I will say is that there's I mean, there'd be little chance they take Montefilia to the Caulfield Cup 2,400 metres. But its run was phenomenal against um, a really unsuitable race shape. They went slow and she was a long way off them and she was enormous. I hope that they keep her at 2,000 metres and she has another big win in her, G. Maybe but 2,400 metres. Maybe she's big, a Cox, big plate, Cox Plate horse. Well, I thought that and I've gone to look at some markets and I can't say a name in there, which doesn't mean much, but 
if there are the if there are the two targets, it, it would be if you had to choose, you'd be the Cox Plate over the uh, Crawford Cup for is, sure. Is she an example, however, that you know how you mentioned Ray Shaper didn't suit her because she was mm. she was a long way back off a slow tempo, but if she's a long way back off a fast tempo, we've seen that that just takes the, her turn of foot if she's chasing really hard off a fast tempo. I, yeah, I so think Cox Plate probably won't, yeah, won't suit either. I, I yeah. think a slow tempo over the, that. Mile to mile and a quarter, just right up her alley. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. I, I think you'll find. I think you'll find plenty of suitable races yeah. for her. Probably won't be Cox Plate. Probably won't be Crawford Cup. Um, but it'll be something over nineteen to two to two thousand meters. Sorry, Dino. Yeah, I was probably in the opposite quarter. You going? I think a slowly run race to the six hundred meter mark just allows her to find her feet, and she's got a, a brilliant turn of foot. So we talk about race shape a lot, but if you go slow to the six hundred meter mark, it means those horses can get into the race without using much juice, and then the last six hundred meters. Their turn of foot comes to the fore. I think that's what we saw on the weekend. So, but she um, was like, with respect, Anna, she was a good five lengths off them. Like she wasn't, yeah, she but, wasn't up there, and she had work to do, and she had to go through runners, and she still didn't get clean air until two hundred. Like she was still four lengths off your mile at the two hundred. I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah, but in saying that, I think the the sort of opposite agree, uh, argument to that is that. She doesn't have to do too much work. They're not going hard. So she doesn't have to make a mid-race move or a race move to the 600-meter mark. She can sort of build for her gears there and, and find the, the turn of foot. So I think what we're saying, Gareth, overall is yep. I don't think she gets a strong 2,000 meters plus. I think 2,000 meters is her forte, and she needs a, a setup and a barrier, I guess, Gano, probably to see her best. Yeah. All right. I'm running out of time, lads, because Jacko says, Gareth, get to a quick break. But the bark coming. So I don't think future history can win a Melbourne Cup, but well done to Maren Eustace again. But can first immortal be competitive in a Caulfield Cup if he gets in? Yes, absolutely. Yep. Definitely. All right. 100%. Let's take a quick break. This is the Monday Breakdown on Giddy Up on this Monday morning. Great to be with you. It's 22 minutes past eight. On the other side of this, we might go through some of the feature three-year-olds over the weekend and from a futures market point of view as well, see if we can identify any of these winners or beaten horses in races like the Superimposed, the Manifold, um, the Dane Hill Stakes and the Roman Consul that we should be following going forward. As they reach the 200 metres, Seron under the whip, joined by Bodyguard, followed by Wolfgang and Ultimatum late, but it's Bodyguard, $1.6 million worth of horse flesh goes to the front and kicks away, and Bodyguard wins it well. Seron second, Ultimatum third. It might be worth a little bit more than $1.6 million, Bodyguard, for James Harron and his syndicate, the son of I Am Invincible, bolting home. Dino, listen, learn. doesn't matter how good these bloody horses trial, just don't bet. <laughs> Don't, don't bet on two-year-olds that you don't know what they're going to do when, when they're off the bridle. Oh, love it. Oh, that's a hard caper, isn't it? And that's probably the lesson out of the weekend. They can just oh, – it just drives you insane. I think, uh, obviously, Blue Illusion. Some of them just don't handle race day, and a lot did. And Bodyguard did. He was outstanding. He had a gap. I think yeah. that shows good professionalism. But, yeah, I think you make a good point there, Gareth. And I think that this – I don't know. I haven't got the, the stats in front of me, but – the Sydney two-year-olds, especially earlier on in the season, the horses that have trialled in Sydney seem to be better prepared in a way because of the experiences they have at the trials, especially horses like Bodyguard. Would, is that fair, Dino? Yeah, well, they sort of get a, a proper day out there. There's yep. a big oh, – well, there sort of is a little bit of a crowd, those Kensington trials that they do. They parade them around the parade ring. It's sort of like a, a proper race day hit out. So um, you make a good point, whereas – um, Victoria, they sort of just have the jump outs, no atmosphere, no parade ring. So, um, yeah, you make a good point. And I think 
they're probably there's richer races earlier in Sydney, therefore they're up and going probably a touch earlier. So maybe have the wood on the, the Victorian horses as well. Any horses to follow from that Meribodong trial stakes? No, not really. None, no. not at all. I think yep. um, we just look at them and I'll follow them over the next couple of weeks. And like you said, be very careful betting on them. All right, then let's take the news. Then we'll come back and have a look at these three-year-old races from the weekend. You could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Riff Raw got through to join Riff Rocket, who extended down the clock tower. Riff Rocket exploded, dashed away, three or four legs in front of Fists of Fury, but it's all Riff Rocket. What a performance. Blasted away and won by about five legs. What a performance. Matty summed it up, Matty Hill there, Riff Rocket. I wasn't expecting that. I know that he was a pretty handy three-year-old, but boy, he went to three new levels there on Saturday in the superimposed. He was about 50 or 60 to one for the Derby before the race there on Saturday. And he's now the strong favourite with Bet365. So, yeah, he was $60, I think, for the Derby, around that quote anyway, before the, the superimposed. And just having a look at the Derby market now, you've got Riff Rock at $4, Militarise at four fifty, and King Colorado at $8, Tom Kitten at 8 and Stapati at $11, Mickey Gannon. Riff Rocker, wowee. I, I, someone told me, and I was just haven't got my figures coming through just yet, but he ran the quickest furlong for the day, the final furlong for the day, which is extraordinary, really. They must have gone pretty slow then. I don't have the sectionals in front of me. Um, I'm, I'm thinking they might have gone a bit slow then, eh? Is that right? Yeah, they've gone about, oh, um, about 3.4 lengths slower than the average to the 600 meter arc. So, yeah, okay. sitting spring so, yeah, home in some sense. Still super impressive, like yeah. really, really, really. When you got good Star wins. Patrol competing on the same day, yeah, that's fine. But um, Snowman, interesting. So beat, beat a horse called Snowman. Uh, sorry, got defeated by a horse called Snowman that's still in the market at fifteen dollars as well. So I also trained by Chris Chris Waller. But it's just intriguing to see some of these horses. I think it's come out of a midweek in Sydney. It's come down here and blown these away. I, I just have big question marks about the horses behind him. G more than yeah. anything. All right, then. So you think now that the market's overreacted? For a derby. Oh no, no, not really. Because if you look at that market, so here's the thing. So you you can surmise that for sure. But now militarized four fifty. I don't think it'll be going there. No. King Colorado eight dollars. I don't think it'll be going there. Tom Kitten mm, doubtful. It's the party. No, I can't. Surely not. Gold billion maybe. So all of a sudden, like the first six horses in in the um in in order yep. here it may not even turn up. G. So four dollars is a fair price. Yep. Do you know? Yeah, I think uh, the lesson out of this is those 800 metre races, 2,000 metre races for these three-year-olds, they can come out of the sort of woodworks from anywhere. Um, they don't have to go for your typical Saturday races. They can pop out of the midweeks. And the running time in the midweeks, you can trust it. Um, and whenever Chris Waller brings a horse down to Flemington, and he did praise his horse a lot pre-race, um, but in saying that, Snowman did beat it last start. So I think that just adds a lot of value to Snowman wherever he goes. And I think they're two really nice stayers on the rise. The typical Chris Waller take their time with them, G. And he's all, yeah. just on just on that, G. He's also got a horse called Madatsu that's even looks better than than uh, Riff Rocket and Snowman. So he's really got a stranglehold on this uh, on this derby. O four double nine seven three six seven three six O four double nine seven three six seven three six. Got a question about the weekend for the breakdown team? The VRC Oaks looking at the market here because Tropical Squall, that's the flight stakes champ, that'll be heading to. To Melbourne for the Oaks. She's at 5.50. Sardozzi, we had no luck there at Sandown after a couple of efforts in stronger races there in, in Sydney to kick off 
her campaign this spring, but she was on the quick backup and she bolted home to win the Manifold Stakes. So she's into 5.50 now. James Cummings, before her first up effort, indicated that we should have something with the Giddy Up family on the oak. She was uh, $12 or $13 before that. I think she drifted after her first couple of runs, but now she's into 5.50 with Bet365. Miracle of Love at 9. Molly Bloom at 9. Tata Levita at 11. Autumn Angel at 15. And then Basilina at $15. Could you back her in an Oaks now? I know she's probably at, a, at her right price after a victory there at Flemington, Mickey Gannon, but that was impressive. Yeah, look, she's got upside. We had to see her ceiling. It was super impressive. But then you look back at her form and you know, she's been absolutely flogged by a tropical squall. She's only just beaten an Amazonian lass. Yeah, upside is everything, isn't it, G? I think that's, I think that's the key yeah. here. Could you back her at 550? No, I think that's probably rock is bottom tropical, considering is tropical, tropical squall, squall a better horse? Done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Dino? Well, for now, but yeah. they're, they're not at twenty five hundred, are they? Yeah, Dino, Crystal Ball. Who would you who would you prefer going towards an Oaks? The the Waterhouse Bot Philly or the Cummings Philly? Tropical Squall for sure. I think uh, off the weekends, Ardozzi looked really impressive, but the last six hundred meter figure wasn't huge, and I think uh, I would have liked to see more, especially if the horse is going to get to twenty five hundred. But half the battle, ninety percent of the battle in an Oaks is just getting a horse that can run it out. Yep. All right, then let's take a break. On the other side of it, we'll come back and have a look at the performances of the three-year-old sprinters, including, geez, it was great to see King's Gambit back in the winner's circle there in the Roman Consul on Saturday. Osmosis is trying to get on terms. Osmosis draws level with him now. King's Gambit, the fence running at OK. Then Mexico. And wider out is Barber. King's Gambit up the fence from Mexico. Then came Osmosis. But it's checkmate. King's Gambit home today. King's Gambit beat Mexico. I think Mickey Royal Gannon can take a bow. He's had faith in King's Gambit. He's a rat bay King's Gambit. He's always off his chops when he's in the mounting yard. He looked <laughs> like he, he, he'd run his race once again. And... Um, I was watching that race and I love the jocks in Sydney, but I was thinking, what, what's going on here? It's like, I heard Ronnie Duffersey. It's not just me, Ronnie Duffersey on, on Sky yesterday morning thinking like, were they watching the races in the first couple of races before this Roman consul? Because they all wanted to get off the fence and the fence was the place that you needed to be. And it's like Tommy Berry would be thinking, What's going on here? And they blew the whistle and he got the best inside run that you'll ever see. In fact, after he missed the kick slightly, it was the perfect setup, Dino, for this horse, King's Gambit, there on the weekend. It was extraordinary watching it unfold. Yeah, it's it's, it's a funny game racing. They, they just drive insane, this horse. Like, we were talking about it off air. He's got this lovely tactical speed that every single horse in the field there would love to have, but then he's a horse that you can't really ride on top of the speed because he just throws his head off. So he's jumped in front after 200 metres and they've snagged him back and he's got a lovely run up and under him, like you said, Gareth. And often throughout the day, that inside can dry out and they can loop him under him. He's turned a full superb. It's been a sit and sprint. They've gone slow to the 600 metres and he's just out sprinting him in some of the best splits of the day. But you do expect that off the slow tempo. But what do we do with the beaten brigade, Gano? I thought Celestial uh, Celestial Legend was forgivable, uh, up to 1,200 metres, got a long way back, but the rest of them, especially Osmosis, uh, that's that's very, very poor from that horse. 
Yeah, you'd be very disappointed in osmosis, Royal Tribute, Celestial Legend, Barber, Balkans. I think Mexico was okay um, of that lot, given he was $41. There's a race in him. I thought Namesake was pretty good. Be happy to follow Namesake uh, yeah. in a slightly easier race or in a race that uh, King's Gambit wasn't in. But King's Gambit was super impressive, did it with ease. And the the way that he won, like, granted, yeah, it went up the inside, got the gaps. It wouldn't, wouldn't have matter where where he went. He would have won the race. He was restrained. But I think what it suggests to us, Dino and Gareth, is that the horse in a higher class race will be better suited now because they're going to be a faster tempo and they won't have to restrain to get to that perfect spot. Yeah, you make a really good point. I think the other thing to take out of as well, he's back around the bend. So they've just got options, Gareth. I don't know if you've spoken to the stable of her, but obviously the target may be the, the Coolmore down the straight, but do you take him there with his issues? And I'm trying to think of another race that he might go to. There's two weeks' time that Brian Crowley listed over 1,200 metres for three-year-olds, but outside of that, there's not really much left for him in the spring. So unfortunately for the Stodens, that he's a bull, so he's a stallion. And to be... He's a stallion because he needs to win stallion making races, and a stallion making race is a Coolmore. So, exactly. I think the Stoners have got no other choice but to give him another opportunity down the straight. Now, Paul Snowden was emotional after that race because he had done a lot, a lot of work with his horse. He'd basically been in the truck every day, every time a Snowden galloper would head to the races, King's Gambit would go with that horse, and the Snowdens would go with that horse to give him experience at a racetrack. So he doesn't melt when he heads to a race day. I've got no doubt if it was a year's time that this horse would be, um, that this horse would be better um, at the races it, and, and more winning mature. an Everest. Yeah, so an Everest, like as Paul Snowden pointed out, I think it was Paul Peter anyway. One of them said that, like he he did get a little hot in the yard today, but there was only ten thousand people there. He would melt with fifty thousand at Randwick, so he's not quite ready for an Everest tilt just yet mentally, maybe in a year's time. So he has to go to the Coolmore. Um, and it's going to be a busy day there at Flemington on that Saturday, the final day of the carnival. Um, you can't back him down the straight. There's no way in the world that you can back him down the straight after what happened there the other day when he was when he was down the straight. Now he Well, be... there was a, did you see the bit of paper? Geez, like not enough has been made of that. Yep. Not like the horse shied at the paper. It was he was travelling enormous until then. Yeah, but he's still like this. The the way that he races, if he doesn't get behind a horse, he was just off his. Like he's he's hard. He's a hard horse to settle and get into a rhythm, down a straight. Mm. Um, cylinder at four fifty. King's Gambit five dollars. Commemorative at nine. I'm unstoppable at nine. Osmosis at nine. Shinzo at nine. But in saying that, if he does have, if he had that excuse with the paper and he did benefit from that experience down the straight he's a big chance isn't he in a coolmore but that's the that's the the risk that you take and you can't take i'll be $5. taking that risk yeah i'll be taking that risk come race day g if you're getting five dollars yeah. all right then Dino. but you make a really good point there you go you're looking at that field and i don't think i'm unstoppable and that race down there the daniel which i'm sure will touch on a wowed us at all so i think he's the best horse in that race by a mile but the biggest thing is Probably for the horse, you want to wait to the mounting yard there at Flemington, out in front of the crowd. Is he going to get blown up? Um, that's the query. I think if you see him parade well, then you can back him on race day because I think he's the only good three-year-old that we've got in the sprinting rakes moving forward other than probably Cylinder and a couple of others. I think it's a really, really poor year. And looking at that field, um, he's got panels on them this far out. It's just get him to race day, 
throw every bit of gear on him that's going to put him to sleep and hopefully he turns up and, like Gunnar said, doesn't find any pieces of paper on the track. Great, yeah. <laughs> That'll do me. Um, yeah. Tommy Berry, he, he rode him a treat. He, he, he gets on well with his horse ball. He's, he's one of the jockeys that gets on well with him, but he spent a lot of time on, on his back. Um, he didn't panic. He got a little bit of luck when they all left the fence. So um, well done, Tommy. Great to see him have a winner like that on a big day in a Roman console. We'll take a break. And just with, um, just for the punters out there with King Gambit, he's not a horse to back in the futures market. He's not a horse to back two days out from a Flemington Coolmore. He's not a horse to back um, an hour out from a Flemington Coolmore. He's a horse that you have to back three or four minutes to watch him go to the gates, to see how he's settled, to see how he's parade. Um, so yeah, even if you like him now and you're tempted, you just got to count to 10 and go and meditate and just wait and wait and wait. Um, 8.49, we'll take a break. We'll come back and have a chat about the Dane Hill Stakes and also a couple of the mayor's races there on Saturday, the Rose of Kingston and the Navision. Plus, we might just pick their brains. Dino and Mickey Gannon, I'm, I'm speaking of, regarding if there's any value in any of these uh, future markets heading towards this dream day on Saturday. Stretton Angel still nice and close and then came Archo Nacho and Kandinsky abstract as they sprint up at the 200. I am unstoppable in front but here's the filly. Stretton Angel won't go straight. I am unstoppable about a half length in front. Stretton Angel the outside tries. It's I am unstoppable. Stretton Angel sticks its head out and nailed him. Stretton Angel's won it from I am unstoppable in a narrow Yeah, she's a very good filly. Stretton Angel for Philip Stokes and Damien Lane. He's just a gem, isn't he, at the moment, Laney? training for a Melbourne Marathon, and he's just producing peaches like Tamerlane and Stretton Angel like he did there on a Saturday afternoon. She's $9 with Bet365 to win a Coolmore, Dino. Is she good enough to do that? Well, you can't knock her at all. She's the probably the most lightly raced horse in that field, and she's beat up the boys, which have had the CV and probably the hype around them. So she's got more upside than probably all of them in the race, and she's beaten them there. So... Um, I couldn't turn you out of it. And the Phillies have an outstanding record, if my memory does serve me right. Correct. We'll go. In secret, sunlight, those type of forces there, Mickey Gannon? Yeah, she's a huge chance, G. Um, what do they do with a horse by the name of Kadinsky Abstract, though? Like, well, honestly. They, just, they, just, they probably geld him or, um, I don't know, put him online, English. Yep. It's, oh. He just doesn't look the same horse. I think he's another horse, maybe a King's Gambit example that, he just looks lost down the straight. He sort of gave, gave up late, left, right. I think he need to get him back really? around to bend and he could improve. They but, put the um, blinkers on him. Really. They put the blinkers on him, Dino. It's gone and, worse. And for my eye, he missed the kick. He played up a little bit in the gate and he had J-Mac on and he just said, mate, I'm not trying today. I am going to completely yep. just put that white flag up. I'll tell you what, though, G. Don Corleone was okay. 1,100 metres was never going to be suitable, but a, a strong 1,200 metres yeah. probably uh, right up his alley in the Cornwall. You're getting around $21. So if we're looking for early plays, obviously he has to turn the table on Stretton Angel yeah. there, who was ultra impressive. If you're looking for early plays at some value, I think you know Don Corleone a little bit each way on it. All right, then let's play the performance of Life Lessons winning the Rose of Kingston there at Flemington on Saturday. Life lessons, 200 metres to go in front. Princess Grace a neck away, then wrote to Arataki, Starlight Scope. Princess Grace and Life Lessons fight it out. Wrote to Arataki, still there. Life lessons digs in. Life lessons just in front and held them off. A big
big win. Life Lessons has won it from Rote to Arrow. Parasol in front. Magic Time's trying to pick up. Queen of the Bulls coming off heels. Then Revolutionary Mess. It's Magic Time laying it down now to Parasol. Magic Time and Parasol and Magic Time rest the lead. Magic Time a half, three quarters and pulling away. It's a big day for Nashra Willer. Magic Time. So Nash was on fire. So Magic Time goes to an invitation and there's no fixed odds out there for a futures point of view. But for the Empire Rose... Amelia's Jewel won't be going there. So you've got Princess Grace, seven fifty, dollars Tissue, $9. Espiona, 9 Fangirl, 9 Prowess, 9 Life Lessons at $11. Um, you can't have Princess Grace ever again in a Group 1 race like the Empire Rose. She should be 20 to 1, Mickey Gannon. Yeah, it was very disappointing, G. Very, very yeah. disappointing. Um, but full credit to Mitchie Lewis because he found Life Lessons. And uh, he did. It was a very, very good win. I, I think... Uh, yeah, magic time. I just found it with Bet three six five G. The invitation six dollars fifty. Yes, um, Espiona three seventy five. Fangirl seven fifty. Invitations fourteen hundred. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I think it correct. is. Yeah. yeah, and that is on Golden Eagle Day as well. So um, they probably can't go to the Empire Rose unless they they have that quick backup. There's still a chance they can. I think a, a horse like Alcohol Free would be better suited to the invitation. Um, has she been confirmed for an Everest? I don't know what Mr. Jane is doing. Tomorrow morning. Okay. Um, well, they need to because the I'm pretty sure the barrier draw will be done. Tomorrow night. It'll be, oh, yep. it'll be on a landmark somewhere. Is it yep. the Opera House or the Harbour Bridge? No, Opera, going, Opera House. So I think, yeah, yep. on, on Tuesday I haven't night. received my invitation yet, Chief. Dino, yes. Hey, Dino, just quickly, any invitation or Empire Rose horses um, with the futures that we should be backing from the weekend? I'd just be following Magic Time wherever she goes. Uh, the yep. marker move, the sectionals, the way she won on the weekend. She is a Group One filly in the making, which I think we all knew, and I think that just backs up how good Asafora is going down there in Melbourne. Yes. I think she's a Group One filly in the, in the making, or mare in the making as well. We'll take the news, then we'll come back. We'll have a look at Star Patrol's performance in the Gill Guy and analyse this Starly Sprint that could be the race of the spring. Then we get horses to follow as well. We might have a quick look at some of those future markets ahead of Saturday at Ranwick and Caulfield. This is Giddy Up's Monday Breakdown, 9 o'clock news time. Great to be with you on this Monday morning, four minutes past nine. This is Giddy Up's Monday Breakdown. As we always do, we analyse and try and work out what the best formula is going forward to help you back some winners, especially this time of the year in the spring. And on Saturday, there was performance. They got everybody talking, the Gilgai Stakes. We had a chat to Clinton McDonald about Star Patrol, and he said, and he said it from the start of his preparation, he said, Gareth, this horse has turned it around, had a throat operation. He seems to be a different horse, this prep. And once again, he proved that with this performance on Saturday afternoon at headquarters at Flemington. Star Patrol has plenty of company. They're right across the track. Same Magique working into it. Cause for concern. And Zutori over on the far side. Now Star Patrol lets rip and lead triple missile, followed by Same Magique. Star Patrol about a length and a half triple missile. Star Patrol is burning rubber late. And Star Patrol too good for triple missile. Same Magique. So there's a $20 million Everest on Saturday afternoon, but the champion sprint where $3 million could be the. The, the sprinting race of the year, not just in this country, but worldwide. Imperatrice 275 is the, the market leader. I wish I win 450. We'll come to the champion sprint if pulls up, if he pulls up okay there after an Everest. You would imagine, think about it, would think about coming to Melbourne for a champion sprint, $5. Or Joe Pride went to the mile with the... Um, a few of his horses. I don't know if Private Eye Private went to the Eye. mile. Did he go to the mile or did he stay at the sprint trip? 
Well, he's got options. I think he went to the mile, went to the mile oh, okay. and that was a big mistake. And I think yeah. they've learned from they've learned their lesson. Right. They won't be doing that again. So in secret at seven, she'll definitely come because that's her race in a way. I think she's a better chance down the straight than she is around a bend. Bonus Notches loves the the straight at thirteen. Um, and then Star Patrol at 15. As Fira won't go down that path, she's too scared to go against, um, not scared, but Henry DeWise made the decision that there's no <laughs> there's no point taking on Imperatrice. Cut that up, Jacko. Around, it's a tough 1,200. Around it's the bend, yeah. Oh, but I'm talking about the Manicato. She's not going there to take on oh, Imperatrice. Really? Because she couldn't, be, she couldn't beat him over, beat her over 1,000. She's not going to beat Imperatrice yep. over 1,200. So Henry's smart. He's scared, but he's smart. You can tweet that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Imperatrice, so she's the one to beat in a champion sprint. But if they all come, and then you might like, I don't know if you'll get a three-year-old backing up from the Coolmore, but that's going to be some race, the champion sprint there, Mickey Gannon. Oh, it's going to be enormous because you're going to see Imperatrice there lining up against uh, some of these high-quality gallopers that have we've seen, you know, peaking for an Everest. So I can't wait. It's going to be huge, yeah. Jay. All right then, um, Star Patrol. Can he win a? a, a a champion sprint oh, after what you've seen this prep. He's been very good and his, his figures have returned back to his best. So there is definitely still a little bit more upside there, you know, third and fourth up, but just a, maybe just a length behind these G. So yep. no, I couldn't be taking the $15. All right then. Um, Dino. Yeah. Similar to Gano. I think he's been very well placed the last two starts. So superb ride by Ben Mellon there. He got a bang on 1.8 lengths, the six and 1.8 lengths home. So I think he's come back bigger, better than ever, but I still think he's one to two lengths off that top echelon. But I love it. I think it adds depth and value to that race, the champion sprint. Wow. And like you said, Gareth, could be the race of the spring. Horses to follow. There's a few. And I think there's there's always overreaction from performances on a Saturday leading towards some of the, the bigger races down the track. Um, like a Sadozi, for instance, in an Oaks. Like, I know she was very good, but she's been smashed by... Tropical squall in Sydney, um, especially in those races like the the, the lead up towards those three year old Philly series. And um, AG, I got one for you. Yeah. Like we're talking about Zadosi here and Riff Rocket. Sometimes these three year olds that are really impressive over eighteen hundred meters and look dynamic aren't su- aren't at all suited over these staying tests. Do, do you think that either of those, and maybe question for you and and Dino. Either of those sort of a two classy I think, for a uh, I think, for, an, for an Oaks or Derby. I think sometimes, and it's important that you listen to Giddy Up. Um, you know, I'm um, patting ourselves on the back here, but of I course. think profile and listening to trainers and Dean Lester, the great Dean Lester, taught me this: is like you got to listen, um, especially in August and September. So James Cummings comes out and says to Dozy, from the moment that she started her preparation, that the big goal on the whiteboard for her was the VRC Oaks. So they prepare her to be at her best for an Oaks. Quick back up there after she had no luck at Sandown. Um, Like she's right on target, 2,500 metres, no problems. Tropical Squall, Adam Hieronymus, straight after the race there um, before the flight stakes. Bring on the flight stakes, sixteen hundred meters, and she and and Adrian Bot, she's an Oaks horse. So yep, you Gay know, said, Gay said yep. six weeks ago she's their Oaks horse. So yeah. she's their Oaks horse. So you, you're reading between the Tom Kitten, he's the he's the he's the he's the um eighteen hundred meter spring champion horse. So yep. militarized is a Cox Plate horse. Stepati's a Cox Plate horse if they go down that way. So you you read like um Gold Trip. 
look at the weather. If there's rain around Caulfield Cup weekend, take the punt now and take the $15. So there's the profiles that you need to – it's sort of like you're a football team. You're taking the information down. You're preparing for a couple of weeks. But you're listening, and as Dan pointed out, say, with the, with the Turnbull Stakes, it's moving day. You're watching those horses go forward from the Turnbull Stakes point of view, um, Cox Plate, Caulfield Cup, Melbourne Cup, and you're trying to read, read the play. Yeah, read read the the play. play. So horses to follow now um, before we have a quick look at these future markets for Saturday. Yeah, I'll go. I'll kick off triple missile. I thought it was really, really good yep. first what up. For him, I think it's going to improve second up. I've got to work out a race. I might ask Lindsay what race is for you. Because he's a, he's a good horse. Yeah, that's my, that's my one horse. horse yeah, that's my one horse to follow out of Flemington. I think the rest of them are pretty obvious, but yep. Triple Missile was the one that I thought that could uh, could be very very good to follow. G. Dino. Dino? Yeah, I think the big one is Luna Flair out of uh, the Turnbull Stakes. Outstanding. Back to the inside, had to get across hills all the way out to the outside and flash late. I don't know what its target is. Obviously, it's a really good star out. Um, so I'd be following it. West Wind blows, obvious one. And the big forgive of the weekend, I thought, was Osipenko got blown up and probably ridden upside down, just a victim of circumstances yeah. in that Turnbull. Love to see him go a grade below this level. And I think uh, Osipenko's in for a big win next start, Gareth. What was Mickey G's blop on Twitter about oh, about the Turnbull? I missed this, Mickey G. What happened there? Uh, look. Just yeah. a few people potted a couple of good mates of ours, Mitchy Lewis and Dean Watling, for having an opinion and probably just got a little bit over the top. And uh, I overreacted because instead of not adding fuel to a fire, I added fuel to a fire, G, because sometimes I don't okay. like it when my mates get potted like that when they, when they have a good <laughs> just opinion. Passion. It's, it's a just be passionate. Uh, but uh, uh, look, I, I, I duly deleted it because it went, on, went, went a little bit further than I needed did to. it. And that's the game. But Osipenko, Dino, He's a victim of circumstances a little bit there, wasn't he? Because J-Mac sort of just pulled up on Romantic Warrior and then Spanish um, Mission sort of just bought, balked a little bit and poor Oliver had no other option. He had to go three wide, then ended up four wide. I thought the run was enormous, but obviously mm. you just hard run 2,000 meters. You can't do that. But uh, that's the great game we play. It played, is. It's a beautiful game. Morning, boys. Um, is What did you make of Luna Flair and the Bart Cummings? I thought she was very good. She won't be winning a Melbourne Cup, but she won't be far away. And Spanish Mission was a good effort as well. Your thoughts there? We'll go to you, Dino, then Mick. Yeah, well, I always want to be forgiving of those horses, especially horses giving away fitness up on speed because they've gone so hard at 600 metre mark. So I think there's added value to that West Wind Blows, the... Spanish Mission, um, all those horses that sort of sustained a run and sort of stuck on late up on speed. Osipenko, Romantic Warrior. I think we can follow all those with confidence that they're going to improve a stack next start. Mickey G. Yeah, just worth watching that replay. Uh, as I mentioned, that was a horse that... A couple of times. Sort of, yeah, watched it a couple of times, not just once, four or five. Yeah. Um, that When when uh, J-Mac came across Romantic Warrior, I think it might have been a, a, the clear, length clear, but may not have been, and just sort of made that horse balk in this run, and then it, it was sort of falling back a little bit. So Spanish mission has gone enormous. All right, lads, yeah. I know you got the great tip off, and you've got your um, future show, and I don't want to take too much limelight off that because I listen to it um, every Monday night. You do a wonderful job there with the great tip off, both Dino and Mickey Gannon and Lewis Willoughby as well. Um, Everest, I don't think there's any value there. Think about it. I wish I win. Four dollars four fifty private eye six dollars Buddhist notches eight cylinder eleven a Y five O thirteen in secret fifteen and then you've got Espiona at seventeen Shinzo at seventeen is he the forgotten horse they think listen to the Waller camp they think he is at seventeen and then 
Alcohol-free probably is the representative there for Yulong at $34. From a barrier point of view tomorrow night, who needs a low draw? In the Everest? Yes. Yeah, I think a low draw would definitely suit a Hawaii 5-0. Overpass, it doesn't matter at all because it's got tactical speed. Um, It's interesting. A lot of them are backmarkers. So I think a lot would be wanting to... Mazu would be... Beneficiary of a low draw, hundred percent. Sure, I think that's yeah, a really good point there. Going, Mazu is probably the Hawaii Five O. Mazu are the two that will be uh, really of benefit, and then there's some that don't want a low draw. G. Yeah. So that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. Think about it; will be benefited by a low draw as well. Yeah, I think like I wish I went. I didn't think think about it. Enjoyed being um, squashed up there on the inside. Yeah, not the not the rails, day. just no. the low. Yeah, militarized <laughs> two seventy five in the five. guineas. Departy three seventy five. They dominate the market. King Colorado, 9. Shalati, 11. Griff, 15. Then center fight, 17. This is a race that I can't wait for. Militarized V-Step Party. I don't think there's any value there um, in that market. The Turak Handicap, Amelia's Jewel. I could nearly take $2 with 55 and a half on her back. Well, if you're listening to this show not long ago, the inevitable was around 40-odd, 30-odd, $36, I think it was, in a Turak um, with the 365 g God bless you, Bear. So they'll, be, they'll, be happy, they'll be happy that they got a bit of that up-you-go, Bear. But yeah, Amelia's jewel, $2, is going to be weighted to win the race, isn't she, G? And she'd she be very hard probably to beat. Put the inevitable... She'd probably start $1.60. Yeah, she'd probably put the inevitable on her back and still win. Um <laughs> <laughs> alligator blood at 225. Can you back alligator blood at 225 in a might and power? No. Well, no, it's no. incredible because um, Cam Luke and I were chatting about this uh, on air and we thought, oh, well, that's probably the last group one uh, alligator blood can win this season. And now you look at the field and you think, well, gee, I think might have been a bit of egg on our face here because there's not many lining up. Just fine. Is well, Who beats who beats alligator blood, Dean? Just fine. Okay, sure. there we go. I think back to 2,000 metres is a massive, massive pick for that horse. Coming what about off Timmy Clark gets off. back on Alligator Blood? Jordan that'll Childs. You, that'll on, make you happy. Fine. <laughs> don't. <laughs> no, don't. Don't wind no, it. I've done it. Um, don't talk about that. Go so, At least I didn't delete my tweet. Oh, oh here we go. Hey, settle down, oh. lads. Wow, Dean. <laughs> obviously, here I is. It's hard, isn't it, G? Like, you, you stick up for your mates and they throw you under the bus. Oh, never no. again. We, we, there's love. <laughs> we only have love on this show. Um, Mr. No, no, Brightside, 260. dollars Fan, <laughs> Fangirl, $5. Light Infantry, $6. Like, Brightside, 260. He'll be... That's like, ludicrous. It's, what, too short? Yeah. Yeah. But you don't like if he draws a marble, who's going to beat him? Fangirl, hot, like she, there should be some tempo in this race. She's Dean crying out for some tempo. Light infantry, no, he'll be better for the, he can't win. He'll be better oh, for the really? Cox play. Yeah. Um, wow. Zaki at 11, can't win. Buckaroo, no. Kovaliki, yes, $13. That could be my play. Buckaroo, no. What's, what's the inside word on Buckaroo? Well, I think they're Cox plate horses, Melbourne Cup horses. First up over yep. a mile, be too short for them. Yeah, yeah. There's good a race. futures market. Really that, there's a market that's not out yet, but it will be out. And we're talking about how good Star Patrol has been going. A horse that ran second to it uh, first up in the Bobby Lewis was King of Sparta. He's a horse that's dynamic second up. He goes to the Sydney Stakes, which is the relegation race yeah. for the Everest. I think he'll be incredibly hard to beat second up, fellas. All right, then, boys. A lot of fun. Can't wait for this week. We'll be in Sydney to do the show for the weekend preview on Thursday. Looking forward to I think we're even teaming up with Matty White on 1170. So we'll have a lot of fun. It'll be a big show on Thursday. We need five hours. Um, love your work, boys. Keep on Thanks, dominating. Guys. Thanks, listeners. It's only a sport as well. So um, just...
just take a deep breath, meditate there, Mickey Gannon. I love your passion, but and I'd go to war with you love all you the lads. time, Mickey G. I'd go to war with you all the time. Hey, Dino, thanks for that. No issue, Laden. Thank you. Let's take a break. On the other side of it, we'll find you a winner today with Bag of Tips.